Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. Today's subject is something that I consider to be really the most important topic when it comes to food and our health. And I knew I needed to cover this first because it's really the foundation of a truly healthy diet. And there's so much confusion around the subject. So when I was deciding how I was gonna do this episode, I knew that I really needed to bring on an expert to help us understand the ins and outs of it and why we should care. And I thought, who better than my friend, Max Goldberg. Max has been called an organic sensation by the New York Times and named as one of the nation's leading organic food experts by Shape Magazine. Welcome, Max. I'm so happy that you're here. Courtney, it's a, it's a pleasure, and thanks for having me on. And, uh, it's, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that you want to get this message about organic out to everyone. So great to be here. Yeah, well, it's just really important. And you, I'm just so in awe of your passion and your knowledge around the subject. So I knew that I really had to bring you on to talk about organic food and, and just why we should care, you know? Well, thank you. It's, um, I, I appreciate that. And, and you, you know, it is, it, it, it is a passion and it's, it's, it's not just something I write about. This is how I live my life. And, yeah. it's, and it's been like this since two, I've been eating close to 100% organic since 2001. So it's wow. been, you know, it's, 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 this is how I live. I know there's a lot of people in the industry, uh, CEOs and whatnot, you know, who don't live this way. They sell organic food, but they don't, you go, you know, you decide where you're going out to dinner and organic restaurants are not even a consideration. It's so for That's me, so wild to me. Yeah. For yeah. me, it's that that's the only consideration is where is there an organic restaurant? And when I travel, you know, I do research in advance, uh, where are the organic restaurants? Where's there uh, a whole foods or another organic market nearby? I mean, so it drives everything. Absolutely. And I have to tell you this, I don't know that I've ever told you this before. So I found your website. Okay. So you might have to correct me because I don't remember the, I was actually last night as I was getting ready for this podcast, I was trying to think back of when I found it. Cause it was a long time ago. You are pretty much the reason that I got into organic food. You helped me really understand the importance of it, which again is why I wanted to bring you on. And I've just been following your work forever. I think, I think it was like 2011. Was that right? Was your website up by then? Yeah, it, it was up by end of 09, beginning of 2010 is when I, when I started writing about it. And I went to my first trade show in the fall of 2009. It was in Boston at the time. And I was living here. That's where I grew up in Boston. I was, and I was back in Boston and, you know, someone had said, there's, there's a trade show going on right now, an organic food trade show. And I, I didn't even know that there was organic food trade shows. Otherwise I'd be, I would have gone to them years and years uh, before then. Uh, but someone told me there was an organic food trade show going on at the time. So I got the, I, and I always tell this story to, to, to this woman I'll tell, talk to you about, but I got the woman who, the PR woman who, 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 the woman who ran the press room. So I got her cell phone number and I called her up and I said, I said, I told her who I was. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to be writing about the organic food industry. I said, I don't have business cards. I don't have a website. I have nothing, but can I come? And she said, sure, That's come amazing. on in. And, and, you know, and I, I, re I vividly remember that day. It just was like, this is the greatest day ever. And uh, I was so excited. And, and this was before Instagram. And I was on Twitter and Twitter was, you know, Facebook. Those are very early days. So people weren't 
you know, trying to begging their way into these shows. So she was like, sure, come on in. And that was really the start of, uh, you know, my, you know, writing about organic. That's incredible. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what you do? So I I started this organic food blog called Living Max, which I still have. But really what's driving um, where I'm spending most of my time is a newsletter that I have called Organic Insider. And I started it almost four years ago because I I also run the organic food industry group on LinkedIn. We have about 25,000 members from around the world. And so what I was doing many years ago is I would send out a weekly. LinkedIn allowed you to do this at the time. They, They allowed you to send out one email a week to the group. So I'd send out an email with links and a little bit of commentary, just not much at all. And I decided to take that off of LinkedIn. I still have the group, but I took that off of LinkedIn and created a standalone product called Organic Insider because what I was realizing was that there were many, many CEOs in the industry that I would meet that didn't even know what glyphosate was. Glyphosate, the primary ingredient in, in Monsanto's is, Roundup. They didn't yeah, know what and it we're going to dive into that in a second. But yes, yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, they didn't know what it was. I'm like, this is, this, and they didn't, they didn't know politically what was going on in organic either because they were just so busy running their business. It's not that they didn't want to know. They just, this is, they were just so busy. And I said, if I could put together an email that if they read it to, to, to read fully five to 10 minutes a week, um, they would have a really good idea of what's going on and the, and the key issues, because I, not only do I go to all the, all the shows, but I, you know, when pre COVID I was going to all the, uh, national organic standards board meetings. And these are the meetings that take place twice a year. And the national organic standards board was, um, established by Congress to make recommendations to the USDA about rules and ingredients and processes, things like that. So I would go to all these meetings and report on what was going on there. And so that's how organic insider got started. And it was in the beginning, it was a fully paid uh, newsletter where you had to pay to get access. And now, uh, I've recently, I made the transition where it's open and free to everyone because everyone's got to get, has to get this information. And, um, so it's a freemium model. So I have a lot of companies that are paying for it that want to, that want to, um, promote this work and help support this work. And so that's really where I spend the bulk of my time. And I do consult with companies in the U S and around the world. So that's really what, um, what I'm doing and, and really the politics, you know, so in organic insight, I'm writing about, you know, trends and business issues and, and, and standards and politics and all that. So it's really, to me, it's what, what is the most critical is, is the policy side of organic. And most people don't know what's going on. And, and they would be shocked to realize that there are people in Washington that want to wipe organic off the map and they're doing their best to weaken organic standards and dilute them. And uh, we'll get into it today. Yeah. But that's the truth. I mean, people just don't believe. They don't believe it. They're like, well, how could that be? Organic has never been more popular and you can get it everywhere. And, and, and they don't know the, the, the truth about what is really taking place in Washington uh, and how organic is just not being supported. And this is really why I wanted to bring you on, because I think so many people don't understand how political our food has really become, especially when it comes down to just organic food. Um, I also wanted to um, say that I'm a part of that newsletter, and it's fantastic. Everyone listening should definitely sign up. 
Um, we'll put your website and everything in the show notes and then they can figure out how to sign up for that newsletter, but I love it. Oh, thank you. Um, it's such great information. So thank you. Yeah. So I, I wanted to start with the basics for anyone listening who really just doesn't even understand what the difference between organic and conventional food is. Can we kind of dive into that and just what's the difference between organic and conventional? Really, it's a it's an agricultural per, per, per production system that you know mm-hmm. works in conjunction with nature. So the things that are not allowed in organic are uh, genetic GMOs, genetic engineering, and then the the no irradiated foods. And the other, you know, one of the the other big ones is the super toxic pesticides like glyphosate, like atrazine, like chlorpyrifos. Um, there are hundreds and hundreds of chemicals that are allowed in conventional that are not allowed in organic. And uh, so organic has clear rules and regulations, standards, enforcement, and that, uh, that, 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 you know, that natural, quote, natural food doesn't have. And it's just a much stricter form of, uh, you know, production of agriculture than, than what's allowed in conventional. Yeah, I mean, that's that really is the main thing, because I hear this argument a lot from people, and they say, well, organic food still allows pesticides and herbicides. And while that is true, you brought up a great point, the organic standard really regulates what pesticides and herbicides, insecticides that they can actually use in the food. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an important thing for people to understand. It doesn't mean that there's none at all, but why should we care about all these um, toxins being in our food. Like I want, I want someone like my dad to walk away from this episode today with a really an understanding as to why my mom and I are always hammering into him the importance of organic food. You know, I guess the, 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 the simple question is, do you, do you care about cancer? Because yes, they are spraying, exactly. they are spraying glyphosate. Let's 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 talk about glyphosate because a lot of people may not be familiar with it. Glyphosate's the primary ingredient in Monsanto's Roundup. Uh, two, uh, approximately 250 million pounds of it are sprayed in the U.S. each year, 1.65 billion globally. It is known to the state of California to cause cancer. So they're spraying yeah. a ca- cancer-causing chemical on our food supply. And the World Health Organization said it's a probable human carcinogen, which means it probably causes cancer. So that's the fundamental question. Why in the world would anyone want to eat a food that has been sprayed with a chemical that causes cancer? That, I mean, how much, how much uh, more simple does it get? So it's like exactly, yeah, and I couldn't agree with you more. I was shocked. I found out years ago that um, so they did tests of various popular food items. And they tested for the glyphosate levels on them. And I will never forget, they found a, like huge traces of glyphosate on Cheerios. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was like, oh. I mean, honestly, it broke my heart hearing that because I just think of all of the moms feeding their children Cheerios, thinking that they're feeding them something healthy and they're getting this toxic dose of a carcinogenic pesticide, or I think it's an herbicide, right? But I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me. Yeah, it's, 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 that's the big thing is to say, you know, when people say, ah, it's not no big deal if, if I don't eat organic and it's, you know, it's, you know, these, these trace amounts, they really accumulate in your body. And so that's the fundamental question. And the other question, you know, I think a lot of people come to organic initially because they don't, they don't, they want to avoid the pesticides. They want to avoid mm-hmm. all these chemicals and the GMOs and they, and so what happened to me is it, it's, it's changes. It becomes, 
yes, you want to keep those out of your body, but be, but, but the other reasons to eat organic is you want to, you don't want those chemicals in the, uh, in the on the farms, on the soil, having farm workers who don't have their rights protected being exposed to this. And then also every time that, you know, you go out to eat at a non-organic restaurant and they're serving conventional food, you are supporting these chemical companies. And, and I always say is like, I do not want my money going to support these companies. And that's why I get uh, you know, I'm kind of fanatical about not going to these restaurants because I don't want to support these chemical companies because the chemical companies own the GMOs. They own the, the, the chemicals that are sold, that are, that are sold to be sprayed on the GMOs. And we can, we can, we can talk about, explain how that works. All right, well, I want to, I want to say one more thing, because I'm so glad that you brought this up this point um, about the farmers, the, the farm workers. I mean, it really, it comes down to like a civil rights issue at that point. You know, they don't have any rights and they're getting paid minimum wage and they're being exposed to these insanely toxic pesticides and herbicides. I mean, uh, there's been some really famous um, like litigations happening between various farmers and who've gotten crazy cancer in their body because of being exposed to these toxic chemicals. And it's just, yeah, it's so above and beyond just what we're putting in our body. It, it's all encompassing in the soil. Um, it's killing the ecosystem, spraying all these pesticides. But anyways, yeah. So let's get back to um, what you were going to start talking about. Yeah. So just so people can understand about genetically, when I talked about the chemical yep. companies own the seeds, they own all the seed. So this is the, how the model works is they design let's take genetically engineered corn. So they design a, a, a corn that can be sprayed with Roundup, yet it doesn't kill the actual plant. It kills all the weeds around the plant. So when they plant corn, you know, the plant grows and then they can fully spray the plant with Roundup, but they call it Roundup resistance. And so this, it kills all of the um, weeds around the plant, but doesn't kill the round, uh, it doesn't kill the corn itself. And so it's genetically engineered to be resistant to Roundup. And that's how it works. So the chemical companies sell the farmers the seeds and they also sell them the chemicals and they get on this pesticide treadmill. It's really hard to get off. Well, yeah, exactly. And uh, the Roundup ready means that it's actually in the corn itself, right? The Roundup Pesticide, herbicide. Well, there, there's a, there's a few different types of uh, of 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 chemicals. One where there's you know, the 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 insecticide is is within the corn, and then there's one that's sprayed that where the chemical is sprayed on it. Okay, yeah, and this is also a great point because um, companies like Monsanto, I believe now they're Bayer because they were bought out. Mm -hmm. um, they essentially bully these farmers into continuing to use these chemicals. Or I've heard stories that they will plant their um, GMO conventional produce or whatever seeds next to an organic farm. And then whenever those seeds get blown onto an organic farm, that organic farm can no longer be organic because it's considered tainted. Well, GMO contamination is a massive issue and get, does not get talked about a lot. And that was one of the big things that was being discussed when Obama was president with uh, the USDA secretary at the at the uh, Tom Vilsack was USDA, USDA secretary at the time. And people in the organic industry was like there was this issue of getting the organic and conventional people to sort of work together and figure it out uh, and how how we could coexist. And, and the organic people is we cannot coexist. GMOs mm -hmm. contaminate organic and there's no way to stop it. 
And, and that's absolutely. that. And there's a coexistence is absolutely not possible. So organic farms are getting contaminated all the time. God, yeah. Okay, so this takes me into um, another subject that I wanted to cover. So what, okay, so we talked about like what the difference between organic and conventional is, but when we're specifically shopping for like produce or meat or dairy, when you see organic on that, what does that mean in the sense of like, what are, what are all the things that are not allowed in there? And what is, what is that kind of label protecting you from? From, from, from organic dairy? Yep. Like I wanted to break it down. So if someone was going to the grocery store and I wanted people to really understand why it's so important that we get our meat organic and our dairy organic and what that label really means when they're buying that. Yeah, it's it's a source of a lot of controversy right now. But when you're buying organic dairy, it's it's not only about the, the conditions and how the animals are being treated, but it's what they're being fed. So when you're buying conventional milk, the animals can be fed genetically engineered feed that has been sprayed with chemicals and mm-hmm. they are, you know, the, you know, you see all the factory farms, you see all the, you know, you know, the movies and documentaries about how these animals are treated. Now, organic, they're supposed to be treated, you know, to be, be allowed to exhibit uh, natural um, behavior and minimum of 30 percent uh, grazing time outside. And they are only allowed to be uh, fed organic feed. So that is really what organic, you know, the, the, the primary differences between the two. Unfortunately, what's happening now is organic, one of, the, one of the few big problems in organic is the allowance of organic, quote, factory farms, where there was a big investigation by the Washington Post, I believe it was in 2017, where they showed these, basically these massive organic factory farms where there was no way that these animals were getting adequate time outside. So that's the problem. And that's so when you're buying organic dairy, you uh, there's a a watchdog organization called the Cornucopia Institute. They have a scorecard that ranks all of these organic dairy brands. So you can check that out. And also you want to try to buy from small organic local farmers. Um, So, you know, you can uh, either go visit or talk to them and uh, they'll tell you, you know, how they're 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 treating the animals. So that's one of the big problems that we have in organic is these organic factory farms where the USDA, you know, they'll get a complaint. They'll call up the, they'll call up the farm and say, hey, we're going to come check you out. There have been complaints. We're, we're coming to check you out. They give them advance warning that they're coming. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's a joke. They should be doing, yeah. unannou- unannou- and supposedly things are changing, so they say, uh, but they should be doing un- unannounced inspections. But if people go online, Washington Post wrote about this uh, in Aurora uh, Organic Dairy in 2017. They did all these aerial shots. And this this investigation, I think, took like something like 10 months. Uh, so it was a massive investigation. And the... Uh, and nothing, nothing really ever came of it. No, no, no punishment really at all. Man, I mean, that's upsetting to hear because I generally, um, when you see that organic label, you can assume like under the standards of the, in order to have the organic seal, for example, with meat and dairy, it means that they were not treated with growth hormones, not fed antibiotics or any of the other pharmaceuticals that they generally give to um, factory farm, conventional factory farmed um, animals. Yeah. And is that generally still considered something that we can trust or should we be going to Cornucopia's website to really 
figure out which ones are safest to buy. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. I forgot to mention the growth hormones and and the antibiotics. you know, really what you want to be doing is you, you, you want to be, you want to buy small from dairy, small local organic farmers. That's what you want to do. Use the cornucopia yes. scorecard and buy from, that's what I would do is if, if you're going to drink milk, buy local, uh, you know, uh, organic, uh, buy from local organic farmers as much as you can. You know, other times it's not possible. And, you know, uh, you know, other, you know, brands, there, there are other well-known uh, brands that, that do things the right way as well. You know, Organic Valley is another, you know, it's a big national brand, but um, and I've visited we, some, some of their farms. Oh, amazing. And we like them because I, I do like their stuff. Yeah, they're, 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 right. they, they do a very good job and they're buying from, you know, a lot of small family farmers and, you know, Amish farmers in Ohio and Pennsylvania and New York. And um, it's... Um, but you really I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, you you, you just yeah. want to do your homework, and unfortunately, you know the, the USDA organic program. There there are a lot of issues, and I'm I'm not going to lie, there are. Uh, but it's the best system we have, and it's what I spend yeah. my time writing about and uh, fighting to help protect. But people also want to be knowledgeable. Uh, about you know when it comes to milk and meat, you 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 really want to be knowledgeable about what you're buying. Absolutely. And this brings up another point that I wanted to talk about. The fact that, yes, the USDA is what governs the organic label, but oftentimes if you just go to your local farmer's market, you can talk to the farmers themselves and ask them if they're using pesticides or how they're treating their animals. Because oftentimes these smaller farmers just can't afford the seal because it's very, very expensive to get that organic um, label. So oftentimes these farmers are doing it already, but they just haven't paid for that. Yeah. And do you have any tips on how to, to navigate that as well? Well, I've been to farmer's markets and I always ask them, well, why aren't you certified organic? And some of them have a philosophical issue. They feel like the government hasn't protected organic or that they've watered the standards down. They don't want to pay for it anymore. And I've had a lot of them who tell me, yeah, we use IPM, which is integrated pest management, and that they do spray. So I've had a lot mm-hmm. of them tell me they do spray. Uh, so you really want to ask these questions and if they tell you, no, we're not, but, uh, we are, you know, adhering, we're going beyond organic practices and ask them if they are using, you know, what kind of, are they using any, you know, what kind of chemicals they're using and just ask them these questions. So a lot of them will be, you know. I think most of them will be pretty honest. You might not, not maybe some people won't be telling you the truth, but I think you get a, a pretty good answer from most of them. And especially if they are really passionate about this, why, maybe why they're not organic and they, they'll tell you exactly what they're doing. You, you get a sense of um, how they are farming and what yeah, they're doing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great point. And um, this also brings up another thing that I wanted to touch on is the affordability of organic. And I was hoping that we could give people some tips on how to shop for organic on a budget. And if they are, if someone listening just is really, really on a budget, the foods that we find are the most important to buy organic and kind of tips and tricks on how to, to really navigate this. And like we said, one would be farmer's markets. What are some other tips and tricks that you have for that? Farmers markets, buying in bulk is one of them. Going to brands' uh, websites and signing up for their email list because a lot of times they will send out coupons, places like Thrive Market. The other thing I would do say mm. is 
you know, it's really coming down to how you want to spend your money. I have friends who are, you know, they're wealthy. They have no issue with money and they complain to me about the prices of organic food, yet they'll go on a, you know, vacation that will cost, you know, tens and tens of thousands of dollars and don't, won't think anything of it. And they'll complain about the price of organic grapes. So it, a lot of times it comes down to how you want to be spending priorities. Yeah, your priorities. But one of the things I tell people if, if they're new to organic or I said, if you can do breakfasts and that could be cereal, it could be oatmeal, it could be fruit, it could be eggs or whatever it might be. If you can, and I know a lot of people are working from home, but not everyone is, but if you can do an organic breakfast and you can commit to that, that's a third of your diet is organic. So then you'd be eating 33% organic of your diet right off the bat. Yeah. And then the other thing- That's 33% less pesticides and toxins in your body. Exactly. So I think, I think it's farmer's markets, it's buying in bulk, it's maybe, it's, it's prioritizing, you know, what you buy. And maybe, maybe if you cannot feed the family all organic, maybe the kids get fed organic and it's milk and meat and, you know, some of the fruits like, uh, you know, the leafy greens and some of the fruits mm. like apples and berries do those organic and prioritize what you're, what you're buying organic. And, uh, and also really, be careful about what you are uh, trying to avoid food waste. So if you can yes. do that, that may help as well. Absolutely. I mean, I can say when I first started to get into all of this, actually like around the time when I found your website, I was, I mean, I was the brokest I've ever been in my whole life. And I was barely, I mean, I was barely making ends meet at that point. Um, like calling my dad sometimes being like, God, please help me. And I had made organic such a priority because I was learning about all of these issues. And it just was so important to me that I would, I would go to Trader Joe's a lot. Trader Joe's has organic produce. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that there's Walmart now carries organic food and I don't know how people feel about supporting Walmart. I'll let you decide on that. But there are a lot of places now that are offering organic food. I mean, Costco. Costco is one of the most. They sell some of the most organic food now, and it's all about you know just finding those deals and then hopping around. I would go to like three or four different grocery stores, and I know. Look, I know it's a mission, but if it helps you to save that money and it helps you budget that, eat out less, cook more meals at home, yep. and then you'll have leftovers. Eat those leftovers the next day. That really is what helped me. Yeah, for absolutely. Definitely cooking home. And a lot of these big supermarkets have their own brands of organic. And yes. those, so they try to price those below, you know, the popular brand names. So that, that's, a, that's another one. And I think, you know, ultimately cooking, if you had to make rice and beans for dinner, you, that's not a lot of money. Yes, so, absolutely. So uh, if you get organic rice and organic beans, you're talking about, I don't know, a few dollars, Absolutely. Um, so, out of maybe a little bit of avocado, and then you have a fully well balanced meal. Right. So you can yeah. do it. It's just going to require effort, and it's going to require some, uh, some maybe some more time. Um, but I think you know, I think it can be done. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. Something that I I know that you know a lot about that I also really wanted to touch on was the farming methods of organic versus conventional, because this is an argument that I hear a lot that we are trying to feed the world and um, we could never produce the same yield of food with organic as we do with conventional. And 
I'm going to let you talk about this, but I do want to mention too, which I'm sure you know about this as well, but there was that Rodell Institute study. It was a 30-year study. Mm -hmm. And what they found between conventional and organic farming practices is that they yielded pretty much the same amount of of, um, produce afterwards. And I think this is something so important that we need to touch on, and I'm sure you have a lot to say about that. So I wanted to hear what you... Your thoughts on that? Yeah, there have been many studies that show that over time that there are no meaningful differences between conventional, you know, GMOs and organic. And where where where, where GMOs may be more efficient is in the early years. So uh, that that that's what I would say. And it's really been used as a propaganda tool to get politician. It's very easy to sell politicians on, hey, we got to feed the we we need GMOs. We got to feed the world. That's a really easy two-second um, pitch to, yeah. to, to politicians. and Well, and it tugs on the public's emotions, too, you know, because it's like it, it makes you out to be an asshole. Like, you don't want to feed the world, you know? It's just like... Right. But the problem with right now is that the, we have plenty of food to feed the world right now. It's yeah. a political issue. It's not a, it's not a food supply issue. The reason that people are starving in Venezuela is not because there's not enough food in the world. It's because their politicians have, there are policies that, that are, that are such that, that, that the people aren't getting food. So, the, the, so this, this nonsense is propaganda that, well, we're going to be in 9 billion people by 2050 and we need GMOs to feed the world is complete propaganda. Do not buy into that. Absolutely. And not to mention, this is something that isn't even talked about that much, but with the GMO and conventional farming, we are spraying the soil so hardcore with all of these incesticides and herbicides and pesticides that we're killing the ecosystem of that soil. And over time, we're just planting in dead soil and we're going to run out of soil to plant on eventually if we keep doing that, going down that path. Well, that's the big one of the big reasons why uh, the regenerative agriculture movement is really exploding right now because of the importance of soil. Not only, be, well, not only right now is the, the over 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 decades as we've seen is the the nutrient levels in in food has slowly been declining. So not only mm. is healthy soil important for nutrient uh, dense foods. The nutrition in food, but it also uh, healthy soil helps carb- uh, capture carbon from the environment for global warming. Yes. And so there's this big movement right now called regenerative agriculture. There's a new add-on label in organic. It's called the Regenerative Organic Certified, started by Patagonia, Dr. Bronner's and Rodale, that incorporates soil health, uh, animal welfare, and um, social welfare, uh, worker you know worker fairness into the seal. So basically you have to have the USDA organic seal as the baseline. And then on top of that, you apply for this other certification, which is, it really is raising the bar for what organic represents. So there are a handful of ROC certified certified products already on the market. Patagonia has a spicy dried mango. Patagonia Provisions does. Um, uh, I think Lotus Rice has a, uh, a rice product. Uh, Nature's Path has an instant uh, oatmeal cereal, and you're, we're going to start. And Dr. Bronner's also has a um, has a uh, ROC certified coconut oil, and you're going to start seeing more and more of these products in the market because consumers are going to, you know, consumers are going to start to demand a little bit more than organic. It's going to be organic plus something. It could be organic plus uh, ROC or some humane uh, animal certification. 
that's where I think things are really moving towards, you know, the, the USDA organic seal moving forward is not going to be enough, I think, moving forward. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. I'm happy to hear. I love just, I love hearing that all of these companies are, um, are really just fighting for this right now and doing whatever they can to preserve the healthiness of our food. I mean, you touched on so many things. I'm trying to remember what, like the nutrients in the soil. Um, it's such a great point. What people also don't understand is that that soil and that whole ecosystem and that the plants are growing in feeds that food. Mm -hmm. And that's where, where we get all the nutrients from, from the sun. And it's where we get all the vitamins and the minerals. And so as we're planting in this soil, that's, you know, been killed by all these pesticides and herbicides, we're not even getting all the nutrients, the vitamins and the minerals anymore from our food. And that's a really important thing to understand about organic as well. And it's why we're fighting so hard for organic food because it's healthier for us. Absolutely. And that, you know, that leads me to one of the other big controversies in organic, which I've been writing about a lot over the last few years is hydroponics. Hydroponics is, is growing from what I hear about 90% of the tomatoes grown at, at uh, supermarkets throughout the country, you know, national supermarkets is grown hydroponically. Most, I would say most of the berries, the strawberries, blueberries are grown hydroponically. A lot of the leafy greens, the peppers, some of the cucumbers. And so when you look at the organic food, the, the language in the Organic Foods Production Act of 1990 ratified by Congress, it said farmers have to have a management plan that fosters soil fertility. Growing tomatoes in a bucket of water does not foster soil fertility, yet the USDA is allowing hydroponics inorganic. And the other thing it's doing is that it's creating an unlevel playing field for soil-based farmers, small and mid-sized family farmers doing it the right way, growing these crops in the ground. They're supposed to compete against companies that are growing in buckets of water or container or containers that are much more efficient, don't have to deal with the complexity of growing in the soil. So farmers who are doing it the right way do not ha- have to, are forced to operate at a severe co- competi- competitive and uh, operating disadvantage. So there's that. And there's just no way that you can replicate the microbial ecosystem found in the soil in water. You just can't do it. Now, there may be some similarities with some of the key uh, nutrients, but, you know, there's just no way that you're getting all of the nutrition in grown hydroponically than you are with food grown in the soil. Absolutely. When organic was started, in, you know, when this be, you know, say in the, it wasn't started in the seventies, but in the seventies, it really, you know, really started to take off then. And it was viewed as an alternative to the conventional agricultural, uh, agricultural production method. It was viewed as this is an alternative to what conventional is doing. Hydroponics is a step back towards what conventional is doing. This is not an alternative it was meant to be an alternative system, and hydroponics is not an alternative, at least in well, organic. No, and that's a great point, and it's also upsetting to hear that they are now taking the place of you know some of these soil-based farmers because we need those organic soil-based farmers because they're already in competition with the conventional farmers, and now they're in competition with the hydroponics too, and it's... It's concerning because this takes me back to, um, you know, at the end of the day, like we really vote with our dollars. So wherever we're spending our money and whether we know it or not, we're spending money in organic hydroponics 
when we want to be supporting those small organic farmers that are doing it the right way, they're doing the crop rotation and um, nurturing the soil and growing in soil instead of in, like you said, buckets of water. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so are, is there anything in the works to start labeling hydroponic versus soil or soil grown? Well, I've, I wrote a few weeks ago, I wrote about this, uh, this new standard. It's a brand new hydroponic standard that can be used in organic, used with the organic seal or without the organic seal, meaning uh, conventional. It's called the Clean Hydroponic Produce Certification. It's brand new. It's not even out yet. It start uh, Natural Grocers, which is a national, uh, national grocery chain, that. is mm-hmm. piling, piloting it. So it's very new, but, um, you know, and then in this week's newsletter, the most recent one I did, I wrote, I, I went to six national and regional supermarkets in the Boston area, Whole Foods and, and Target and Walmart and Stop and Shop and Wegmans. Um, so what I did was I went there and, and Costco and I I said, uh, okay, I want to buy three categories, leafy greens, berries, and tomatoes. I said, I want to know everything here that's grown, that, that's organic in those three categories. So nothing was, nothing was listed as, um, grown in the soil or grown hydroponically. So then I went to all the websites and I wrote about that. The big takeaway is it's next to, it's, it's, it's incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to figure out what's grown in the soil and what is grown hydroponically. So if you want to, if you, and this is why we as consumers must demand that, that the farms and the brands and retailers start disclosing this information, even if the USDA is not requiring it. This has to be a bottoms up approach to pressure the industry to disclose this information. Now, the, there is a top-down approach taking place right now. The Center for Food Safety has sued the USDA over the allowance of hydroponics and organic. And also, wow. there are two add-on labels, one of which I just mentioned, which is called Regenerative Organic Certified, and the other one is called the Real Organic Project. Both of those add-on labels prohibit the use of hydroponics. Essentially, they said, you know, they, they said, we're not allowing it. We think this is a... Um, was never meant to be an organic, and this is it shouldn't be there. So just to clarify, what is an add-on label? As I said, is you have to have the USDA organic seal as a baseline, and then you can put one of these labels on top of it if you qualify. You know, you have to apply for it and whatnot. But it's called. And do the companies have to pay for that qualification, or is it yes. free? You no, know, okay. the companies have to pay for it. And right now, yeah. the Real Organic Project is, I don't think they're certifying any brands yet. It's just its just farms right now. But they've okay. tried to make it such with the Real Organic Project, and it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a prohibitive expense at all. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you're speaking up about this because we need people on the front lines fighting for it. So thank you so much for um, just being such an advocate for this. It's so important. Oh, thank you. And, you know, what, what, what people really need to do is start, you know, particularly with this hydroponics issue is, you know, contact all these brands that you're buying from. Are you, you know, I want to know this, this uh, like Driscoll's is a really good example. They're the dominant organic berry producer. They also are the dominant conventional berry producer. When you go on their website, it says we produce uh, our organic products uh, from in-ground production in the soil and also container, uh, also via container, you know, growing system. 
wow. So if you say, okay, you, you acknowledge that you do partially in the ground and partially, you know, via container growing system. How am I supposed to know the organic strawberries that I bought from you, which is which? You can't. You don't know. You have no idea. So we as consumers really need to start pressuring, as I said, the farmers, the brands, the retailers to disclose this information. Absolutely. And you know what what I was just thinking about as I was listening to this? It just reminds me again how important it is to just go to your local farmer's market and support these small farmers that are doing it the right way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? Yep, absolutely. Since we all know that our soils depleted of valuable nutrients and minerals, thanks to conventional farming and synthetic fertilizers, I use supplements to fill in the nutrient gaps. I used to take all these different vitamins and minerals blindly just based on like what I thought I needed. But the problem with this, since we are all bio-individual, our needs are based on what's actually going on in the body. And what works for someone else may not necessarily work for me. And the only way to really figure out what you need is to get lab work done. Paragon Vitamins has it down. You cut a small piece of your hair. It's so small, it's, I mean, you won't even notice that it's gone. Just take it from the back. And you send it into their lab and they send you back a full report of everything going on in your body. I mean, you guys, my report was 39 pages long. It was so in-depth and informative of exactly what was going on specifically in my body. Then from there, they recommend which vitamins you need. And these vitamins are actually tailored to you and your specific needs based on what's actually going on in your body. They have different cost tiers. So if you're on a budget and you can only do the bare minimum, that starts at $39 a month and then they go up from there. So it's really cost efficient. And I have to say that I almost immediately noticed an improvement in energy and mental clarity when I started taking them. In fact, I loved them so much that I actually reached out to them and I asked them if they wanted to be a founding sponsor of this podcast because I just want everyone to know about them. And I'm so excited to tell all of you guys about them. So they kindly gave me a discount to share with all of you guys. Code REALFOOD15 saves you 15% off their metabolic nutritional assessment. That again is REALFOOD15. And go to paragonvitamins.com today to get started. Uh, I want to, so someone that's listening right now, and maybe this is a lot for them and they're a little bit confused and they're like, okay, well now what do I do when I go to the grocery store and I'm reading these labels? And I feel like for the most part, when it comes to like produce and meat and dairy, like we kind of got that down. It's like, all right, um, I'm going to look for the organic on that. But when it comes to the boxed foods, which I tell people all the time, I'm like, we want to, we want to limit the processed food as much as possible But if we are buying these packaged foods um, and you look at the ingredient list, this is what I say all the time, look at the ingredient list. If every ingredient on that list is food, like if you could technically, while you're standing in that grocery store, buy all of those ingredients that were on that list and you could make it at home if you wanted to, then I say, it's okay. You can buy that product because generally speaking, it's going to be like four or five ingredients. It's going to be like, you know, organic cassava flour and sea salt or whatever it is. So when we have that down and then we're looking at the label and it says organic on the front of it, that label doesn't mean that everything necessarily is organic in that box, right? In the food. Well, if it's got this USDA organic seal, it means a minimum of 95% is organic. So that's what uh, I wanted people to understand. Yeah. So just look for the organic seal. And sometimes there are ingredients that comprise less than 5% that are not commercially available as organic or they're, you know, so whatever it might be. Um, so just look for the for 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 the USDA organic seal, and you know okay. I, one question that I get a lot is 
okay, well, there's this box of, um, you know, organic, let's say, uh, organic candy. Okay, it's organic, but there's a ton of sugar, and yep. so is this healthy just because it's organic? And no. I think what you want to what you want to say <laughs> is uh, not just because it's organic doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy. But if you're saying I'm going to buy a box of candy or I'm going to buy a box of organic candy, you want to be buying the organic one. So absolutely, uh, because you may still you maybe get you're obviously you're getting the sugar, but at least you're not getting sugar with a side of glyphosate. Sugar with or or from uh, or from GMO sugar beets. So oh, um, yes, that's a big one too. Yeah. Oh yeah, actually that reminds me. Okay, this is something I wanted to touch on: non-GMO project verified versus organic. So if someone's looking at a label and it says USDA organic, that means that uh, the food in that or whatever that food is, it cannot contain genetically modified ingredients. And that's also the same for the non-GMO project, right? Yes, and it's a good question. So why, why, why is there a non-GMO project? It, it, largely it's because there are some high-risk ingredients that the, the USDA does not do field testing on. So things like canola, things like soy, Things like, um, you know, those, the, those potatoes now is a high risk ingredient as, mm. as, 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 as deemed. As being GMO? Is that what you mean? Well, no, it's a, it, it's a high risk genetically engineered product now. That's what the mm. non GMO project has come out and said, because there are now potatoes that have been genetically engineered to not turn brown. And now, same thing with apples. There are apples that have been genetically engineered. When you cut it open, it doesn't turn brown. So that so organic that is insane. Yeah, organic by definition is not G, G, GMOs are not allowed in organic. So what the non-GMO project does is they'll go out and they will uh, supposedly will field test these high risk ingredients for these products. So it's an added level of. Um, Protection, protection particularly mm-hmm. for these high-risk products. Now, where it does get confusing for consumers is when you go and you see seaweed. You see a box of, say, dried seaweed, and it has the, the non, it says non-GMO on it. I mean, that's a farce because there, no, there is no GMO seaweed. There's no yeah. genetically engineered seaweed in the world. But a lot of people may not know it. Um, but you know, they, they, they're still using the, 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 some of these companies are using the seal anyways on an, on an organic product that, or on a, on an organic product where there is no GE, um, version of it, version of it in in the marketplace. So it, it, it gets confusing, but organic by definition is non-GMO. The non-GMO project does, you know, just goes deeper and provides more assurance. Great. Yeah. And actually, this is something that I wanted to touch on too, is GMOs. So, because I, I found that there's been a lot of confusion around genetically modified food as well. And I think what a lot of people don't understand, well, one is there's a difference between GMO and hybridized foods. And this is how I understand it. So correct me if I'm wrong, but with the genetically modified food, they're actually taking genes from other like animals, for example. Like I read that um, they took genes from jellyfish and they were putting it in, I think it was apples. And then versus like hybridizes, you're just taking the seeds of two plants and putting them together. 
And yeah. this is why it's concerning, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just the whole um, how they've named, you know, with the genetic modification and conventional breeding, it, it gets it's it's gotten somewhat confusing for the consumer. But conventional yeah. breed, you know, the hybridizes using conventional uh, breeding uh, techniques, whereas genetic engineering taking. Um, uh, DNA of, uh, uh, you know, bacteria, DNA from bacteria of a foreign organism and putting it into, a, you know, an, a, a different uh, uh, recipient, a different plant. So, or, 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 you know, or animal in terms of genetically engineered salmon, for example, or, so yes, that, that, that's what it is. And the, um, uh, the, Yes, so they're basically they're using modern modern technology, modern biotechnology to accomplish this. And there's something well, and, and there's something called the Cartagena protocol. The Cartagena, um, I think it's called the Heart Cart. I think it's the Cartagena protocol, which was ratified by over 150 countries from around the world that agreed that using modern biotechnology to do this is genetic engineering. Well, and the reason why this is so concerning is that we don't really know how those genes together are going to react in the human body. So that, to me, is what scares me about GMOs. And then also the fact of, of what we touched on earlier is that these genetically, mo uh, genetically modified foods, some of them, for example, corn, um, have the, sometimes have the fertilizer or the pesticides in the seed of the food. So there's no way around the pesticides. Like It, it is grown in that food. Yep, the BT resistant uh, um, corn. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, a lot of the corn. Yeah, yeah, and then of course with the GMO farming, there's more pesticides used in general, which is why this is why I have been such a proponent um, for against GMOs and for organic because I just to me it's I just think there's not enough. Um, we don't have enough science yet around like how it's affecting our bodies. Well, it's uh, you know we're a one big human uh, experiment with all these genetically engineered crops, and that's that's Absolutely. really that's what's taking place right now. So yeah. you know if you want to eat GMOs and be a human and ex be part of the experiment, you know, knock, meant, yeah, knock yourself Absolutely. out. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, I will not be a part of that experiment. Someone listening uh, who really wants to become just more involved in general. What are little things essentially that we can do to really support the organic food movement more? Because like I said earlier, voting with your dollars and where you put your money for one is a way to show these companies that we demand organic and we want more of it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, I think it has to be on, on a few levels. Simply buying organic is not going to be enough. People have to get okay. involved politically. So there, there's a feeling, oh, I'm going to buy organic at Whole Foods. I've sort of done my job. And it's like, no, because everything is about the politics. And yeah. our politicians in, in Washington, D.C. have to be hearing from us on these critical issues, on supporting organic. So you've got to contact your politicians. We have to put pressure on companies, you know, like this hydroponics issue is, is, is a perfect example of it, where people yeah. absolutely need to be involved. There are many really good organic-related organizations. Get, I mean, I don't want to be so self-promoting here, but go, go read Organic Insider. There's a three and a half years of archives of what's going on uh, in the industry and really... Um, 
and, and there's a reason that I wanted to open up the archives because I wanted people to have this information is is to go get this information, go get on the email list of, of a lot of the uh, really good uh, nonprofits in the industry, whether it's Center for Food Safety or Organic Eye, Organic Consumers Association, Rodale Institute. Um, I'm sure I'm missing uh, some of them, um, but but there's but there's if there's more to you can email me and we'll add it in the show notes. Okay, if you um, wanted to add some, and you know there's there's just a lot of really good nonprofits out there. And I just would just say, educate yourself and get involved. And just thinking that buying organic at the supermarket is enough is not enough. So yeah. it's really understanding what's going on, getting involved and, and, and you know, sharing this information online and, and, and with your network and getting people to understand that um, our food system is really, you know, hanging in the balance here. Mm. So it's yeah. we, we've really got to support uh, support organic. And absolutely. And there was a there was a USDA, um, a person who a very senior official who works at the USDA who and this is all on Organic Insider. If you go and look back back last year, there was a very senior USDA official who got in front of a, a congressional subcommittee and said, yeah, we we think it's appropriate to explore the possibility of of allowing gene editing in organic. So this is a USDA official saying this is on video. I've got the video on my site, and this is what he's saying. So this is what's going on in Washington. There, we created organic, so there was no gene editing, genetic engineering in organic. So, so this is this is what's happening. Can you actually touch on why why has this become so political? I mean, I would assume you know it's money. There's a lot of money to be made, but I think this is an important component for people to understand why this is happening. Why are we fighting so hard for organic? We're fighting so hard for organic because we are a real threat to the conventional food system, namely the chemical companies. Yep. So the chemical companies make a lot of money and they liked how things were and with very little pushback. And all of a sudden organic is a threat because organic or consumers are waking up to or are realizing that food is medicine and that what they put into their their body matters, particularly now with COVID, they're seeing that. Absolutely. So we are a real threat to you know the Monsantos of the world, and this whole fight over the labeling of GMOs has been a complete farce. And yeah. what 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 they've come up with, allowing QR codes and things like that, and they've you know they they they're very powerful and influential in Washington. And so they do not, organic is an existential threat to them. So of, of course they're going to spend millions and millions of dollars lobbying the politicians to get policy that they want. So, Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, it mirrors what happened with the tobacco industry. Mm -hmm. You know, we at first we didn't know how bad they were for us. So similarly with the food and the pesticides in the beginning, you know, I'm, I'm just going to hope that we didn't know how bad they were in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as all of this stuff is starting to come out, the science is starting to come out. And, you know, just like the tobacco industry, they fought so hard to be able to um, allow their cigarettes to still, you know, not have all the regulations. And they didn't want people to think that they were unhealthy, even though we knew and the science was out there. And there was a lot of manipulation. And the same thing is happening right now with our food. Mm -hmm. We've already seen it. You know, it's a classic history repeats itself situation. Totally, totally. And... 
Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is people just need to take full responsibility for their health. And Absolutely. That, that's that's what they need to do, and that includes, you know, what 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 kind of food that they're putting into their bodies. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Wow. Well, this conversation has been absolutely amazing. Um, I touched on everything that I wanted to talk about. Is there anything else that you feel like we didn't discuss that you wanted to? Um, I think I think that's it. I think the biggest thing is, you know, as I've mentioned it already, is just for 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 people to be educated and involved, and and that's absolutely. the biggest thing is that we we need to make sure that this food system is here for the long haul and that it is an, in a strong uh, shape and in, in the strongest shape possible. And uh, because it's so important, as I said, I mean, food is medicine. Absolutely. I mean, it's the foundation of our health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, know? yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's it. Is it just get involved? Amazing. Thank you so much, Max. Tell everyone where they can find you. Um, your website, Instagram, whatever you want to promote, and then we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, um, my uh, organic—it's just organicinsider.com, and feel free to join the uh, the organic food industry group on LinkedIn that I run. And Instagram right now is uh, live, at Living Maxwell is the main account. There's also an organic insider, but at Living Maxwell is is the main one right now. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's where people can find me and, uh, please, please sign up for my newsletter, organicinsider.com. And that's pretty much it. And, uh, I really appreciate you having me on, giving me the chance to, to talk about these really important things in organic. And, uh, you know, the reality is we need all of us. It's not just, yeah. it's not just a, a few people we need. We need everyone involved because we all eat and it's just so uh, important as you know. And I really appreciate you giving me the forum to talk about these critical issues. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. So well said. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this conversation. Oh, likewise. Thanks so much. Thanks, Max. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. The show is produced and mixed by Drake Peterson and Christopher McCone of Peterson McCone Productions. Hit them up if you guys have any podcast needs. They are amazing. My theme music is by the singer Georgie. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any major podcast platform. If you want to find me on IG, my handle is Real Foodology. See you guys next week. 